And now, live in studio, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Here we go again, Consumer Quarterback Show. I am Anthony Puglisi, once again filling in for Brandon Rhymes. He will be back after the show, so don't worry about that. You only have to deal with me for one more show. Got a great one put together for you today, and this segment sponsored by Brio Tuscan Grill that's located off of Bay Street at 2223 North West Shore Boulevard in Tampa, next to the uh, Renaissance Tampa Hotel in International Plaza. It's going to be the Brio Grill. There we'll discover a fantastic Italian menu, drinks, and a cozy atmosphere, bringing the pleasures of the Tuscan Country Villa to Tampa. Make your reservations today at 813-877-3939. That's 813-877-3939 to enjoy the best Italian restaurant dining experience only at Brio Tuscan Grill. Got a great lineup of people for you today to help you win in any marketplace. First up, we have Gary Halleck, the territory manager for We Insure. How are we doing today? Good, Anthony. It's good to see you again. Good, good to see you as well. We also have Jay Smith, Snoop Dogg, owner of a Snoop Inspection in the house. How are we doing? Good to see you, Anthony. Back for another hot day in Florida. Oh, we got a couple <laughs> more of those coming up as well. And somebody I'm sure who knows about those hot days, Leo Kane, the principal project manager for Barrel Engineering. Yeah, um, good, good, good to be back, and uh, I'm excited about this lineup tonight because um, the three of us could easily just walk into a home when someone's trying to purchase it at the same time. So the three of us here in the studio is just an awesome lineup. Right, and it's it's very interesting how you can pull people who seem like they're from three completely different uh, job avenues and how they can work together to make life easier for a consumer. Oh, very true. And uh, I, I'm going to start with you, Garrick. Garrett? Gary. Let's start with you, Gary. <laughs> oh, thank okay. you, Anthony. I mean, insurance is such a broad topic. There's so many different types of insurance, and we'll kind of keep it at the home insurance level right now, only because we're dealing... How how do you work with that kind of uh, insurance hand-in-hand with well, you know, our with, other guests here, well, Jay? Well, with Jay, for an example, uh, we work together a lot from a standpoint of helping people get discounts in... Uh, pre-underwriting the house to make sure that the house uh, is acceptable for that company from an insurance standpoint. Uh, so Jay is a great business partner from a standpoint of getting the inspections that we need. And then uh, going to Leo, uh, he comes in and looks at structural issues. Uh, you know, we were talking before the show about making sure the house is properly grounded. And, you know, a personal story for me, my house was hit by lightning uh, and uh, had a very large claim from it. But if had someone like Leo came in initially and looked at it to make sure that everything was grounded properly, I, I may have not had that claim. So it, it, that's where these people come in and are very important. Well, I mean, a report from Jay, for example, is going to mm-hmm. go a long way in determining how much you're paying for your homeowner's insurance, no? It can, yeah, uh, especially a home built prior to 2002. Uh, they've, uh, it's called wind mitigation credits, uh, and the, uh, the carriers require an inspection. So a home that was built in 2001, for example, it's sitting at about 16 years. It's going to be needing a new roof. Uh, and just having a new roof put on the house can save you 15 to 20% on your hurricane portion of your premium for your homeowner's insurance. Uh, most of those homes built in 2001 have either hurricane clips or hurricane straps, so that's another uh, substantial discount. And also working with an inspector, 
when you before having a roof put on, he may give you some additional things that can be done uh, for additional discounts, like secondary water resistance, uh, possibly having, uh, you know, if, if there's not enough nails, having someone come in and put the nails in while they're putting the new roof on, which would give you a substantial discount and, and most likely pay for that upgrade in the first year of the policy. Right, and there's a good chance if somebody doesn't want to get an inspection done or tries to cut a corner or cut a little bit of a cost, that they could be denied homeowner's insurance altogether. Yeah, so for an example, a lot of companies, and again, it depends on the company. We represent almost 50 different homeowner's companies, so I'm going to use it as a very broad approach. But most companies, between 30 and 40 years, require an inspection. That's called a four-point inspection, and, and Jay can speak more on it. But it's basically the four key components, and it's where a lot of claims come from. It's your roof, it's your water heater, it's your HVAC or heating and air conditioning. And uh, I apologize. What's the last one? Um, electrical panel. <laughs> yeah. Electrical panel. Sorry. Um, but, again, it, it, it comes back from there's been a claims history with certain types of panels. So the, the insurance company is wanting to make sure that you don't have that panel, uh, obviously, because they don't want to have to pay a claim on your house. Right. How often do you, Jay, run into issues with the electrical panel in that kind of a situation? Well, quite often. I mean, when they've added additions or, let's say, the previous homeowner wanted to add some things to the garage and they don't put another breaker for a circuit that they just added on to a breaker that's already existing, it's a big no-no as far as insurances goes. And essentially, until that's fixed, it can actually stop you from getting insurance. Okay. See, I like the way you guys are sitting right now, actually, because it's like step one, step two, step three, essentially, with this. And we went completely backwards, too, by the way. So st- st- going with you, Leo, like, what is – when you go to a, a, an existing structure, what is the first thing that you're going to make sure is is essentially correct in for these this consumer in the purchase of whatever property this is? Well, the difficulty with our inspections – uh, Jay's got like a nice routine. He goes through the house. He's got his list. What we have to do is we, we often go in and we see a, we're actually asked to see a problem. Like when Gary's house caught fire due to the lightning strike, we have to go in and verify, was there a grounding rod, things of that nature. So we often start with show us the actual point of defect. And then we have to look at that last because oftentimes what you see isn't the problem. Okay. So when Gary, um, garage door caught on fire or, or what was it the um, the garage the garage opener uh the, yeah the garage door opener yeah when the opener caught on fire everyone's going to hone in on the opener but if the lightning strike was at the panel because the panel wasn't grounded that's where the focus is so we we start with where the problem is then we ignore it and then we search the rest of the location looking to see what caused what we see as the apparent damage okay so so going into the the, the garage fire thing yeah all right so you as an insurance agent, if something wasn't done correctly to make sure the electrical panel, like you're saying, for example, wasn't in in tune correctly, is this something that you're gonna the insurance company may not pick up because you didn't properly have your house inspected? Well, normally what'll end up happening is though the insurance company is gonna pay the claim because obviously the policy is between you and the insurance company. So there was a claim. The claim was lightning, uh, which caused the fire. Uh were they where the insurance company may go is they may look at who installed uh, the power panel and or who installed the grounding. Was it, a, was it the electric company? Was it the builder? And that gives them an opportunity to segregate the damages back to their policy and, and sue their general liability policy for the damages that were caused in my house because they did not do the correct step uh, initially in the building of the house. Again, I'm not an adjuster or a claims processor, but from my limited experience, I believe that's exactly what they're uh, – even through my process, what kind of lawnmower did you have? Because there was claims against that lawnmower. Okay. 
so they can go and segregate against the companies uh, if they feel like that may have been the trigger of the of the fire. Now, is there ever a situation where either Jay or Leo that the insurance company will call either one of you up to kind of determine what caused that problem? Certainly, they they can give us a call. It may be something um, whether we were able to get to a particular area, for instance, the panel. Let's say we weren't able to pull off the uh, hover for some reason. And we might have notated that if they went ahead and did the insurance, that's really on them. As a home inspector, I may have noted, look, we weren't weren't able to open up the electrical panel for whatever reason. Something in front of it, uh, rusted out, you know, could be many things that could cause us not to be able to get into that electrical panel. But they're going to do more research to find out where the fault was. If they decide to insurance, insure it after the fact, it kind of changes things up. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, we, we get called in for the forensic side of things. So after you've had the failure and after the electrical panel is caught on fire, we may get called in to determine where the fire originated from, why it spread, where it spread, and were there any structural damage to the home. So where Jay's going to be up front looking at the panel t- to begin with before the house is purchased, we're going to look af- at it after the failure, after the casualty, casualty being the insurance right. or not the death of a homeowner um just clarification that becomes a whole different ball game then. but yeah forensically we have to determine point of origin um our, our documents are used by the adjusters by the insurance companies to subrogate against each other because ultimately it's just a bunch of different companies suing each other because the homeowner's been paid and now they're trying to figure out who really should have paid so if, if negligence is found Who's responsible for footing the bill as far as any of these inspections? Is it still the insurance company because they requested the information, or would it be put straight onto the consumer? We typically get hired by either the consumer directly if they're going after the insurance company for a denial, or we get hired by the insurance company if they're going after someone else. So who's ever going after someone else is going to hire us to help build their case, or if they're being gone after, they might hire us to defend their standpoint. So either or. So it just depends on who needs the attack or the defense. And then they try and work. the. We get our money up front and then they work out who actually pays in the long right. history of the. Jay, your inspections, is it more geared consumer wise or do you go both ways as well? Well, it, it's both ways. I mean, we're really giving information to the insurance company about the house um, for them to actually give them a, a quote on what they have. If you've got an old electrical panel and say it's 45 years old. I'm not going to tell you, you cannot get insurance. But when I send that form over to the insurance company, and Gary can probably tell you about this, you may not have as many insurance um, vendors be able to give you insurance on that house. You may be limited. They'll put you in a higher risk insurance because of certain parameters that are on that insurance. Which ultimately costs you more money. Exactly. And I don't know what that is. It's not my job out there. I'm not going to tell you, look, this electrical panel is going to cost you more money. There is that potential. It's just going to talk to your insurance company about it and see what happens. I've inspected panels that are over 50 years old, and I've gotten the phone call about the electrical panel. It's like, is it really that old? And it's like, absolutely, it's that old. I'm sorry. You know, I'd love to tell you it was replaced 20 years ago, but that is not a 20-year-old panel. Yeah. Well, Gary, you said you work with like about 50 different insurance companies when we're talking about homeowners insurance. If you do get into a situation of one of these high-risk policies – how much, does, how much, what does that number go down to? I mean, I'm sure not everybody is going to cover that high risk. Well, you know, I, I say 50 companies, you know, there's probably 40 that are actively writing currently. And, you know, I use a roof as a good example. There's a three tab shingle roof, and then there's an architectural shingled roof. And then you get into stone and metal. Um, 
And typically with a three-tab uh, roof, most companies will stop insuring new business on a roof that's 15 years old. Okay. Um, so that's a big kind of key factor as a, as a date. So now you go from 40 companies down to about three or four companies that would consider going up to 20 years on a three-tab shingle. Um, and then architecturals are typically between 25 and 30 years, depending on the company. And then metal roofs, depending on the type of metal roof, uh, up to 50 years, typically 40 to 50 years on those. And uh, tile roofs, I believe, are between 30 and 40 years, up to 50, depending on the company. So each company has its own underwriting guidelines. Now, does an existing policy, is that going to change in price based on where you're at as far as your years go? Like, for example, you said 10, uh, 15 years on Correct. the on the uh, shingle roof. So you buy the house, 10-year-old roof, and you go to... 15 years. 15 years. Yeah, and you go over your 17 years. Is your insurance going to go up because of that? Uh, well, your insurance is going to go up because of the age of the house, um, but it's not typically going to go up as long as you typically have a policy in force. Where, where the agent becomes responsible is telling the client, hey, you have a 17-year-old three-tab shingle roof, you really have the best price because you're still insured with the company at that point. It, it, I recommend that you don't change because now you may be buying a new roof. So. Right. Let's hold on to that for a minute. We are going to go pay our bills real quick. Uh, when we come back, we have a story about a man proposing to two sisters at once for a touching reason. I am Anthony Buglisi filling in for Brandon Rimes on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Make sure you check out our new and improved website, ConsumerQB.com. Hey, everybody, I'm Forbes Riley, celebrity TV fitness host and creator of The Spin Gym. I'm here today with Brandon Rimes, and you're listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show. Great ways to get happy, healthy, and wealthy. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372, online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. All right, bringing it back to you, Consumer Quarterback Show. I am Anthony Buglisi, filling in for the vacationing Brandon Rimes. He will be back with you tomorrow. But for now, you're stuck with me. We good with that? Yes, uh, we're here. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> kind of baited you into that one. All right, I am here in case you're just tuning in with Gary Halleck, the territory manager for We Insure, Jay Smith, the owner of a Snoop Inspection, and Leo Kane, the principal project man- manager for Barrel Engineering. So last we were talking to you, Gary, uh, about the whole garage fire incident. Uh, what was the final result of that, actually? What was it that caused that? I mean, besides the lightning strike, was it anything else besides that? Everything was found in good order? Uh, just the lightning strike. Um, and it was interesting because they actually have technology to be able to determine lightning strikes. I think in the Tampa Bay area, there's 1.2 million lightning strikes a year in this area, and, and it caused a lot. a lot of fires. Um, and and it, So what ends up happening is they came out, did their inspection. The system was down the day that we had it. It came, it was actually the fire marshal who, his office is about four miles from my house and was and came out and actually saw the lightning, and, and he was the one that made the determination on the cause. And now, this time of year, and especially Leo, that's probably more geared towards your, you as well, now is 
ultimate time for lightning strikes, I would assume. Obviously, storms almost every day here, so lightning strikes are on a rise now, and you probably get a lot of claims based on lightning strikes now. Yeah, I mean, we see, we see a lot. Uh, usually, um, improperly grounded pools is a great source of lightning strikes to just fry a deck. Um, the improperly bonded or grounded water heater will do the same thing. A lot of this uh, are items that Jay will discover during his home inspections, but some of this stuff is underground and you can't see it until you have the, the casualty. The, the pool one is interesting to me because you're essentially saying that the, there's an improper grounding in the light or in the moat, in the, uh, the filter itself? Well, the pool itself needs to be bonded. Okay. So the, the pool itself has to have a pathway to ground. So when the pool gets struck by lightning, which it often does, um, it's not going to go all over the place it's just going to go straight into the ground because to ground means that you're transferring the electrical current from the sky straight into the ground and that's where the electricity ultimately wants to go you give it a path a copper wiring that allows it to travel the fastest quickest way possible without that pathway it's just going to seek its own way which might be through another water source which might be through a dog which might be through anything but you so you want to give it a source to travel through right and then do you actually cover pools in your home inspection? Well, we look for like the bond wire for your pool enclosure. There's okay. going to be a wire connected to that large metal item that's over top of your pool. <laughs> um, would be one of the things. A lot that of times, you know, one of the big ones we see that's not done out there, they change out your pool pump. You know, we're running the pool pump constantly, and there's a bond wire connected to the pool pump. And I, I hate to say it, it's probably 50% of the time that that wire has not been reconnected. And we call that out constantly. I mean, it's a constant. It's problem. funny you mention that. I know a lot of the trouble that my parents had electrically had to do with the pool pump and it's shorting out on them a lot. And I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with what you're, what you're talking about. Here. It probably does. <laughs> I have to let them know. <laughs> yeah, big big body problem. of water, electricity, motors. Yeah, just kind of. Yeah, probably not usually a good mix. So a question I like to ask people, kind of kind of good way to get to know you a little bit. What Where did you find interest in getting into your field, in your engineering field? What What got you started? What Essentially, what made you want to be an engineer? I'm OCD. Oh, okay, that's that's definitely good. I'm sure that has, mm, could tie into Jay and, as and well. I, and OCD I like is a good thing when you're doing inspections. And and I, and I like numbers. I was a big fan of math, and then they, you know, when they start throwing letters in at you, that's when it starts getting difficult, right? <laughs> Jay, uh, me, um, my father was a GC when I was a teenager. I followed in his footsteps. I actually had my own general contractor's license at 24. So. Oh, so you got started nice and early, huh? Yeah, I've been in, in and around the uh, construction industry for over 30 years. So did you worked, worked with your father first? I did, I did, 16 years old. He threw me out there and uh, d- digging ditches or, you know, just grabbing lumber, whatever I had to do. Yeah, at least you're getting a paycheck for it. I did plenty of that just uh, chore-wise. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's good for you. Yeah, chores have <laughs> kind of disappeared nowadays anyway. Absolutely, they have. So when did you decide to open up your own inspection company? Uh, seven years ago. Okay. Um, general contracting has changed a lot through the years. <clears throat> it wasn't as much fun for me, to be honest with you, and I still wanted to stay in the field, and, and inspections was a way to do it. Um, have all the respect for GCs that are out there. Um, they, they can keep it going, but uh, it actually ended up not being the direction I wanted to go. Now, I know as far as consumers go, I'm sure anybody who hires you has thousands of questions for you. And we were just talking about this yesterday, how that shouldn't bother somebody. That's that, that could be something that sets any business apart as far as from another one, because I I'm using your services. I've never bought a house before, for example, I don't know exactly what to do, but I'm going to ask you a hundred different questions. 
And well, I know from talking to you plenty of times just here through the show that you're you're very into actually answering questions for somebody and we, helping them out. We love working with first-time homebuyers, um, showing them some of the maintenance items they should be paying attention to on their house, things that they just don't even think about yet before they've ever bought a home. And it's not just myself. I've got other inspectors that are in the field, and all my inspectors are this way. It's interesting hearing about an inspector that really doesn't want to talk to their client that it's just like, read the report. We're not all about that. If we've got to spend an extra 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, whatever it may be to make you informed about the home you're buying, that's our, our job and what we take seriously. And, and that's a, a good reason why we love having you on the show is because we look for ways to set people apart mm-hmm. in any industry. And being able to explain things like that to someone who even if, like, for example, if I went and bought a house, I wouldn't know the first thing about it. Well, and and I know you probably wouldn't want to explain things to me as much, but, you know, everybody else. <laughs> as much as we want to explain things, there is that time, and, and uh, uh, Leo right here can talk about it. When we run into something that's beyond what we can do, we're out there for $300. It may take an expert like an engineer to come out and look at the foundation. So we give them as much information as we possibly can, but there are times we're going to say, look, the AC is not working well. You need to call an AC man. They need to check out the system completely. And it may only be eight years old, um, which isn't a super old system, but it's not brand new. Right. Just got to see how much longer it's going to work. I can't tell you for sure that that system's going to last you another eight years. It might only be ready to go out this summer. Well, I'm sure um, the high humidity in, in the Florida area has a lot to do with the deterioration of a lot of those air conditioning systems that even, like you said, are only eight years old but already having issues. A- absolutely. But then, you know, foundation work. You know, if we run into a foundation problem, we're going to tell you to contact a structural engineer and they're going to come out and check into further they may actually have to to do a whole lot more work than we ever thought about doing and it could cost some serious money to actually check it out how often do you get the tie-in from somebody who's doing a home inspection who thought they had a simple problem but it winds up being something way bigger uh, we, we we run into it quite a bit either the home inspector or the appraiser i mean I, I really like what jay does the home inspection process you have someone in there covers a lot of different systems looking for clues and cues to say this warrants further study because it's really like if you were to hire an electrician a plumber an hvac person a structural engineer to come in in a house and have like nine or ten people crawl all over the house it's gonna be thousands of dollars so you need someone like jay that can give you that overview saying that i see these problems in these specific areas here's your specialist come get the specialist and then we get calls from home inspectors all the time we get calls from appraisers usually it's through the, the mortgage companies they're the ones that are ordering those from us, but then we get the reports. And then a lot of the times we go out there at stucco, there's a lot of scare right now about stucco claims and stucco defects, stucco, stucco too thin, cracks. So we get called out. If it's a stucco issue, I'd say about 60% of those turn out to be nothing. But the 40% that turn out to be something are really something. Yeah, He's the funnel, you're the spout. It's a good way to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe it was a weak analogy. I apologize. <laughs> So we are here. We've got intelligent people in the studio bringing you any information you need to become a smarter consumer and win in any marketplace. My name is Anthony Puglisi, filling in for Brandon Rhymes, the normal host. Make sure you check out our new and improved website at ConsumerQB.com. Don't go Hey, nowhere. this is Jarek Robbins. You are listening to the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Please do what it takes to learn all that you have to to live the life you want to live. Live it fully and find a way to give it by paying it forward to others. Get in touch with Brandon online at ConsumerQB.com. 
listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Welcome back, Consumer Quarterback Show. I am your host, Anthony Puglisi, filling in for the vacationing Brandon Rhymes, who will be back tomorrow. Uh, last we were talking to Jay Smith, kind of how he got started in the inspection business, and I'd like to actually pass that along to Gary, too. I'd like to know how what sparked your interest in the insurance world. You know, I got out of the Army and uh, went to work for a company as a financial advisor. I did thank that you for, for your service. Thank you. Uh, for about 14 years and was laid off in 08, 09 uh, during the market correction and uh, happened to be helping a friend of mine do some title work and saw a guy selling property and casualty insurance. I'm like, man, I'm as smart as that guy. I should be able to do it. So went and got my license and uh, bought a franchise from We Insure, and here I am uh, about eight years later. Now, how long did you were you actually an agent before you decided to buy into it? Uh, it was my first uh, <laughs> immediately. Wow, that's so, that's awesome. Yeah. And you've been you know, obviously growing, and we're glad to be a part of that with you as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, Tampa Bay, we're a very fast-growing market. It's uh, probably one of the largest markets in Florida that doesn't have the issues of some of the other markets like the Miami-Dade area. Well, you run into a lot of older homes and stuff there, correct? Yeah, uh, and there's typically a lot more fraud, a lot more uh, issues with assignment of benefits. I know I've talked about that in the past where, uh, you know, a, a contractor comes in and just says, hey, I'll take care of this with your insurance company, and, and the um, it usually ends up causing a little bit of fraud and, and inflated claims. So bringing up fraud, then I want to ask you, if, if you can answer this question, what is kind of the most unique case of fraud you ever come across? Well, the good news is I'm not on the claim side, um, but, you know, I was telling someone that one of my carriers uh, told me a story about a month ago that an agent sent out a uh, water pipe burst, sent, a, sent someone out to um, remediate the water damage and talked to the agent, had a $2,500 deductible. Uh, the rep said it was going to be $1,500, or I can send it to your insurance company uh, to take care of it for you. Okay. And so when the uh, water uh, repair guy sent the bill to the insurance company, it went from 1500 to $15,000. Ooh, that's a big jump. Big jump. I guess, you know, I guess he carried the carried the decimal place. Must have had an A in there somewhere for you and got the math a little confused. Was there gold specks underneath the carpet or something? <laughs> I don't know. They just dried it out. Um, so, you know, I think you see a lot of that happening, inflated claims. Uh, and, again, what? not to say, you know, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. They say, hey, we can take care of your deductible. What that means is they have to inflate the claim that much to cover your deductible. Um, and I think they inflated even more than that. And you guys probably see, uh, I know uh, Leo probably sees that more than, than uh, Jay would uh, when he's probably helping segregate the claims. So Is that true? We, we see insurance pricing. We have different insurance rates. We see, we see things that are higher when... We, the, the smart contractors offer discounts to every customer and just don't offer those discounts to it, to the customer when they know there's insurance money. The not as smart ones will just inflate their pricing. But if you structure your books correctly, you could legitimately raise your rates quite a bit. Well, the inflation the of the prices comes with the insurance company. You know, most people aren't doing that to people who don't have the insurance. They're just trying to squeeze every penny they can out, hoping that the insurance company doesn't do any sort of follow through. Right. Okay. Jay, yeah, do you yeah. run into that at all? Now we're not on that end of it very often as far as for the insurance uh, inspections. 
we're there so early. You know, it's you're not even moving in the house for a couple of months most of the time when we're there. Okay. Yeah, and one of the things that also, you know, going back to Jay, is anytime you get a new roof, you know, your your roofer should be providing you with a wind mitigation inspection. If not, definitely have Jay come out and take a look at it because, you know, there's a 15% discount usually with, with when it becomes, they call Florida Building Code compliant uh, versus non-compliant. And, and so there's some substantial discounts. Even if you had your roof replaced in 2002, 2003, you know, I'd definitely give Jay a call. Uh, get a wind mitigation inspection because there are discounts that are available, and, and he will probably find other discounts. Um, and we were talking about new homes. Um, you're buying a home that's built after 2002, 2005, 2006. I'd still have him come in and do a wind mitigation inspection because he may find uh, discounts like secondary water barriers on the on the property, uh, which would give you an additional discount that's not just a standard discount for the newer home. So there are some additional discounts that you can get. Right. Always know. make sure your uh, roofer is getting a permit. <laughs> yes, and get Please. a permit. Yes, don't. Yeah, I need a permit for everything. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the smart roofers, and I, I teach this when I'm teaching roofers about wind mitigation credits, is the smart roofers should put the peel and stick or the secondary water-resistant barrier he's talking about, put it in the permit. So when the inspectors go online to fill out their wind mitts, they can see it clearly on the permit page that the barrier is there, and that's an extra 5 to 15% for the homeowner. Yes. Does anybody find that the age of the home you can almost begin to predict where the problems are coming from based on the age of the home. For example, an older home with the electrical, or you were mentioning stucco before. I know stucco in homes were huge in the 90s, for example. Does does there seem to be a pattern between any of that? There is. um, I would say uh, each decade has its issues. hate to say this, but, I mean, there's different items, whether it's a plumbing issue or electrical issue or whatever it may be. Some of them overlap that there's more than one. Um, even going back to the wind mitigation, talking about the years that houses were built, 2002 was big, a big year because we changed a lot of the codes, but we were doing houses, um, in a better way as far as some of the codes, things like how the roof is attached to the walls. Um, that, that has changed drastically through the different decades through the years. If you are prior to 2002, you may be needing to look into upgrading how your rafters or trusses or however your home is constructed is tied down to your walls. That's the biggest detriment in your old homes. I'm sure um, Leo can talk about this, that they've looked at houses and how they can upgrade the home to bring it up to more current standards, make it a stronger stronger building completely. Yeah, we do that. We uh, give roof plans to the roofers that talk about what to do with clips or straps in the attic um, if the soffits are accessible. Soffits are basically, if you're looking up at your roof from right below it, if you can see the little venti things going around the roof, that's a soffit. They can pop those soffits out. They can put the straps in right there. It's a really low cost to add the wind mitigation clips, which will greatly save you money. The nice thing about when Jay does a wind mitigation is you get the savings every year for five years. So if he comes out there for whatever his fee is, and you save $400 on your insurance, you're saving that for five years. Okay. So that's awesome. So when you get a plan from us that says add these clips, the clips might cost $400 to install. Jay comes out, does his inspection, whatever. It's a whole $75. His $75 (laughs) fee. So, I mean, making a $75 investment essentially every five years to to check out to save money on the insurance side. And like you're saying, $2,000 plus on your policy, it, it just seems like a no-brainer. It can literally be the difference in of having two nails in a metal um, strap that's on your house or three nails. That mm-hmm. third nail 
makes a huge difference in your insurance costs. So why wouldn't you every five years look to get your home inspected to do that? I mean, I, I don't hear too often of people actually saying, well, I just got a home inspection to monitor my insurance costs. When realistically, a lot of people should be talking like that. Well, that's, you know, and a lot of times it's the agents, you know, I would say duty. You know, I, I come from a fiduciary background that it's, you know, my job is to make sure you're getting your discounts. And I share this with all my clients, you know, based upon the age of your house, there might be some discounts that you're entitled to. Why not spend 75 to $100 to have someone come out and take a look at it to see, you know, maybe it is a two nail issue and having someone spend four or $500 to come out and put that third nail in. And it saves you $200 a year. Well, that's over five years. That's $1,000. It pays for the nails. And then when you get the inspection in another five years, guess what? You're still saving that $200. Now you've saved $2,000. And, you know, I've had clients that just have refused to do it. But, you know, as long as they have the knowledge and, and the understanding, then I felt like I've done my fiduciary responsibility to make sure that they have the right policy. Take the price the right of amount. a dinner for two and make exactly. it last. Well, if I'm looking at five a 30-year-old house, you talked about how we – speak to our clients that are out there that are buying a home, that's something I will talk to them about. If I'm looking at their soffits and they're getting older and they're starting to fill them up with paint because they've been painted so often and they've <laughs> only got two nails in their straps, I'll tell them, when you do your soffits, please spend the money and put that third nail. It's going to help pay for the soffits that you just replaced. How often they listen to you? Uh, actually, I, I have a few clients that do. I wouldn't say it's a large percentage, but at the same time, I also know that I'm giving them a lot of information in a it's short a amount of, of time. Up. Yeah, and one of the, and one of the things is just call your agent and say, "What would my rate be if you added hurricane clips to my policy?" And they can do a quick quote, or they can go in and look at the policy and see what is the true savings on that. You know, if it's fifty dollars a year, then it may mean you know might not make sense. Um, but if it's two or three hundred dollars a year, and it's going to cost you six hundred dollars, well, that's a two-year payback. Well, even if it's a fifty dollars savings, I mean, you could save long run when you're talking long run maintenance costs as well. So that's Correct. a whole other factor where they're not even adding in there. Well, we got to remember that the major, at, at least fifty percent of the area that we work in right now is in a high wind zone area. I mean, you're talking about halfway through Hillsborough County, all of Pinellas County, the whole nine yards. So, I mean. You know, you're thinking about it. You're paying insurance rates for, for wind because you're in this zone. All right. Well, you know, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about a man who proposed to two sisters at once for a touching reason, as well as our top 10. We're actually going to expand it to 20, and this is especially for Leo, who was mad at me for not uh, giving him a top 10 movie. Top 20 greatest romance movies of all time. So stay tuned to Consumer Quarterback Show, ConsumerQB.com. Thanks for listening to my daddy's show. For more information, go to ConsumerQB.com. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. Hey, Brandon Rimes here, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of Platinum MVP Realty and a top listing agent in Tampa Bay. I'm looking for other real estate agents to join our team. We'd love to have you on our team. If you want to grow your business, grow your sphere of influence, and become an expert contributor on our radio and TV show, call or text 813-670-7372, 813-670-7372, or submit the form at ConsumerQB.com. Thank you. 
You're listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-670-7372. Welcome back. Anthony Puglisi bringing it to you on the Consumer Quarterback Show here with Gary Halleck, the territory manager for We Insure. Jay Smith, the owner of a Snoop Inspection, and Leo Kane, the principal project manager for Barrel Engineering. Before we went to the break, I told you about a man proposing to two sisters at once for a touching reason. Usually you hear a guy going after two women, it's usually a bad story, but this one this one turns out pretty good in our Tell Me Something Good segment. Tell me something good. So Will Seaton, he's always known that when he proposed to his girlfriend of six years, he'd get down on one knee, uh, but not only for his bride-to-be, but her sister, too. And that's exactly what the Indiana man did. After all, it's hard to find Seaton's girlfriend, Ashley Shuckus, 23, without her 16-year-old sister, Hannah, who has Down syndrome and diabetes by her side. So he said, I wanted to include Hannah in the proposal in case she may not get to experience that, Seaton, 25, told the reporter from today. Hannah is a big part of our relationship, and I already consider her a sister. So what happened with Seton popped the big question in March of last year in a field of daffodils in their hometown of Santa Clara, Indiana, where the Sarah's family goes yearly to take family photos. He got down on one knee and asked Hannah to be his best friend forever. Uh, Sasha's recounted, noting her sister even got her own ring, a heirloom that once belonged to the sister's grandmother. And then he looked at me as I was trying to stop sobbing. And she asked, am I next? And he got down on one knee and asked her to be his wife. So it's a good it's a story. story. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, as soon as I read this, I said, oh, that's going to be a good good story for there. It's a good feel-good story. It's good to see that there's good people in the world doing good things. So now we get to the part that I've been waiting for, okay? And, and I know Leo's been waiting for, too. We usually do a top 10, but we kind of expanded it to a top 20. So it's the top 20 greatest romance movies of all time according to amc.com. So, of course, Leo, we're going to start with you. Well, I kind of like the... I just saw it this past weekend, but when uh, Spider-Man hooked up with Tony Stark in the Iron Man Spider-Man Homecoming, I really thought the bromance there was solid. All right. But it's so. too, new, too new of a movie to make the list, though. So, uh, I definitely was not expecting that answer. That was a great movie. Uh, have, let's go with Casablanca. Casablanca. That is actually the number one answer. Father is to it. So I picked that, you know, this list to kind of throw a little uh, wrench in there, and you you nailed number one right away. For you, Jay? Uh, When Harry Met Sally. When Harry Met Sally, unfortunately, is not on the list. Wow. What? I apologize. It actually did hit number 19. I thought it was a little bit after the list, so you did hit the list. Number 19. (laughs) 19. Good for you. Uh, I'm going to have to go with my wife's favorite, Love Actually. Love Actually is not on the list. That's okay. I had to give you the buzz. <laughs> Back to me. Let's, Leo. Let's go with the, uh, I'll never forget this movie because I was coming out of a different movie at the time. I was coming out of Twister and I saw like everyone crying coming out of a different movie. So let's go with The Notebook. The Notebook is on the list. It's actually a lot further down the list than I thought it was at number 16. So you, you snuck into another movie after watching one? No, I didn't see it. I just I saw everyone crying. Like, why is everyone crying? And I never wanted to see the movie because I don't like to cry in the movies. <laughs> Jay, ah, oh, uh, can't think of a thing. 
Other than Die Hard, you know, Die Hard's definitely, a, you know, Die Hard is a fantastic <laughs> movie. Unfortunately, not on this list. Uh, I'm kind of with you. Um, maybe Independence Day. Independence Day is not on the list as well. I won't budget again though. No, I'm gonna get Leo one more shot, and let's, then I'm gonna go over the top twenty list. Let's go with Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, I believe is on the list. I got to look up the number though. I forgot which one it was. Actually, it did not make the list. I know I looked at two lists, so it must have been on the other one. I was waiting to do this to you. Oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go over the list. We'll start with number 20 is Dirty Dancing from 1987. Oh, yeah. Number 19, When Harry Met Sally. 18 was Pretty Women. Mm. Woman, not women. 17, <laughs> Breakfast at Tiffany's. 16, You Got with the Notebook. Number 15 was Romeo and Juliet. Number oh, four, version? The 90s version okay. with, with Leonardo DiCaprio. Number 14 was Ghost. That's a big one. I'm surprised everybody would, missed was, that, that was, one. That's a gonna, great movie. I was going to guess that one if you gave me another chance. <laughs> that one and one other one. Number 13 is Wuthering Heights. Never heard of it. A little before my time from 1939. Number 12, Moulin Rouge. Number 11, The African Queen. Number 10, Out of Africa. Number 9 was My Fair Lady. 8 was City Lights. Some of these are very old, even <laughs> before our time, so... Number seven, an affair to remember. Number six, oh, yeah. an officer and a gentleman. Yeah. Number five was Shakespeare in Love. Four, another one I'm kind of surprised nobody got, Titanic. That was, a, that was <laughs> on a the list. It's on my list. Number three was West Side Story. And number two was Gone with the Wind. And, of course, one was Casablanca that you nailed right away. I'm, I'm very surprised about the Titanic. Nobody hit Titanic. I know you pet <laughs> you. <laughs> you tapped the pad. I got Allie in the well, back what, here. What's going, the actual Duh. Titanic about, uh, Gary? Uh, it's, a, it's a movie about a bunch of Irishmen that made a boat sunk by an Englishman. <laughs> a little bit of a love story in between, even though she didn't let him hang on. The, I never understood why she didn't let him hang there. She's like, all right, get off. My, yeah. <laughs> she wanted that whole carton for herself, I think. Mm-hmm. All right, I can definitely touch on that subject, but I'm not going to because I don't want the hate mail to float in, you know? <laughs> Great. So uh, we're going to go ahead and do what Brandon loves to do at the end of his shows, the lightning round. The lightning round! I am so good at lightning rounds! I majored in lightning rounds. All right, tips, things to do, things to avoid. I'll start with you, Gary. Well, I think uh, definitely have an inspection if you're buying a new home. Uh, Don't let them talk you out of it. It's a very small investment for a a very large purchase. Uh, Plus the discounts alone could save you hundreds of dollars on your insurance. And like we were talking about before, it's such a small investment you can make to possibly save so much money. Oh, so true. Well, of course, with this time of year, your roof. I mean, we have so much rain going on. We're going to continue to have a lot of rain for the next couple of months. If you're worried about your roof, go get it inspected, whether you call a home inspector to take a look at your roof or have a roofer take a look at it. Right. And I've I've personally seen friends who just... You have that little brown spot on the top of the ceiling, the popcorn ceiling. Oh, it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. There's obviously a leak there. And I've seen people who actually neglect to take care of that issue, and the whole roof caves in there. Absolutely. Then you've got a huge problem. Well, water's a big deal. Yes. <laughs> Very big. Leo? Well, sticking with the comic book theme, since I mentioned the Spider-Man movie, G.I. Joe said that knowing is half the battle. So what you do with that knowledge is the other half the battle. G.I. Joe. Okay, I thought I'd fill in the, the, the back end of that. <laughs> 
We're going to go, you know, Brandon likes to do it twice, so I'm going to yep. do the, the same thing, and I'm going to follow with you again, Gary. Well, um, I know I talk about it a lot as the assignment of benefits. Definitely stay away from it, um, and definitely contact your insurance company if you're going to file a claim or if you're even concerned about a claim before signing it. Again, it, it could just lead you into a lot of problems and even loss of your insurance. Uh, it it does, doesn't matter what you're buying, whether it's a condo, manufactured house, a regular home, just please call us. Let us come out, take a look at it, and give give you all the information that you need to make a good decision about that house. And Leo. Someone told me I could save $2,000 by spending $75. I would ask them Doing who to call. Army. Exactly. I mean, where where is the hesitation in that? Well, if you are interested in getting any more information on any of our expert contributors from today or any other day, make sure you check out our newly redesigned website, ConsumerQB.com. we got a beautiful business directory in there. Click on any link you want. It'll bring you directly to either the email address of who you're trying to reach, the website, social media account. I mean, this this website, you know, a lot of hard work got put into it, so I'm glad it's finally coming into fruition and and finally here to see, and it's going to pay off because there is it's going to be so much easier for people to reach the experts that we're trying to get them to reach here on the show. You know, we, we promote the consumer advocacy and we bring you the best people around to, you know, essentially save you money to help you win in any marketplace, depending on what you're doing, whether you're buying, whether you're selling. We try to bring it to you so you can be, you know, the best in your field, essentially. Uh, this segment and the lightning round sponsored by the Kipton Hotel Zamora on beautiful St. Pete Beach. It is the first new hotel built on St. Pete Beach in decades. It's where Spanish ancestry meets cool Mediterranean attitude. It's a whitewashed Mediterranean palace with expansive luxury suites with balconies overlooking the Gulf of Mexico. You can enjoy yoga on the weekends, karaoke on Thursday nights, or just grab a drink and relax on the 360 rooftop with breathtaking views. Mention you heard them on the Consumer Quarterback Show for a 10 to 20% discount off of your room rate. Curious, have... uh, I, you know, I mentioned the sunset, being on the roof to watch the sunset last show. And, and Abe said, you've seen a 365. He was very pessimistic. You've seen 365 sunsets a year. Why do you need to see another one? And I, and I told him, you know, I'm not married, so I still got a couple sunsets I have to have left <laughs> in me. Is that, why I, you, is that why you picked the romance novel theme? I, it is. Like you guys said, I'm, you know, I'm stuck on this romance thing tonight. I started as a joke, and now I just I'm running with it. <laughs> Anything else we could say to any consumers before we get moving here? Well, sticking with the romance, I mean, oftentimes home inspections are called for because people are adding to their family, either getting married or having a that's baby. That's a very good point. And again, and that ties into the roofing thing and what I was talking about with the roof collapsing. The last thing you want to do is have a brown spot in your baby's room and ignore it. The baby's sleeping in there. You know, anything can happen. And, and that's and it leads to mold okay. and a lot of other issues. Right. That and that's cause. a lot of breathing problems, yep. especially in, in younger children. And if, even if you're renting a home, make sure that your landlord knows these things. For sure. And and then you know what? That's a, a bad name that a lot of uh, renters actually get sometimes is people actually just don't bring up the, the issue to your landlord. How are they supposed to know to fix the problem? All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Consumer Quarterback Show. I am your backup quarterback, Anthony Puglisi, filling in for Brandon Rimes. For everybody here and all of our expert contributors, please go to the website, ConsumerQB.com. Contact us. Go on the website. Great way to get in touch with any of our expert contributors. Until next time, we'll see you around. 
You've been listening to the Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Contact Brandon Rhymes at 813-670-7372. That's 813-670-7372. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show, weekday afternoons at 5 on AM 1380, The Biz.